Welcome to the Real Housewives podcast, where we break down the gossip and the glam of your favorite Bravo liberties. It's your girl, DeBay, and joining me is the podcast king, the king of podcasting, DeGill. <laughs> you bitches are in my backyard. <laughs> Who said that? So, Sonia. A either drunk Manic or God knows what Sonia said that. Don't infer something bad. I'm just I'm just repeating what the consensus is. Let me just say this. And you've watched this show since its beginning. Has there ever been a better episode than that? I'm saying. And that is why we are completely dedicating this episode solely to the New York franchise. We usually do a mashup with Beverly Hills, but... I don't know about you, DeGill, but I have fallen off the, the wagon. Our hearts belong to Tenderoni. <laughs> How does that song go? Oh, would you like me to sing it? Thanks for asking. Don't <laughs> mind if I do. My heart belongs to Tenderoni. Oh, yeah. That's old Bobby Brown, king of R&B, late 80s. You know what we shouldn't do with this podcast is take Sing. the opportunity to, yeah. Yes, probably not the way to go. I'm thinking, I'm thinking at least 50% of the audience just lopped off right there. Oh, you know, the opening scene of this past uh, episode of New York uh, starts with Luann in the studio and she's rehearsing for her for Cabaret Christmas. Let us start there. Oh, my. But, she can't sing. Yeah, but she's not in on that bit of key information, is she? I don't know. I no, think she's not. What she's is really not? This world. She has an entire show. She's performing, who knows, all around the world. I don't know how far this is going, but it's huge. And by the way, DeGill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what just happened? Yes. <laughs> is this like a dramatic pause? Have you gone to see Luann's cabaret show? I have not. Um, I recall you promising that you yeah. were going to get tickets. Yeah. We, we were. I had a thing that night. So, you know, we couldn't make it. Okay. So the, this is how you're going to make it up to me. Do you want to know how you're going to make it up to me? Uh, you tell me. How? <laughs> you're going to make it up to me by going to BravoCon. When is that and where is that? So I believe it's New York and I believe it's November. And tickets will go on sale this summer in June, I think. Let me guess. It's on a football weekend. Oh, DeGill. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. BravoCon. What a genius idea. Genius. Like, like 24-hour McDonald's breakfast. An idea years behind its time. <laughs> Let's be honest. How have we? How have they not thought of this sooner? Um, Wait, that's awesome. Oh, that how long fun. has McDonald's offered the breakfast burrito for? Like, oh, oh, breakfast burrito. I remember when they first started the burrito. Like, I'm old enough to remember that. That wasn't for my whole lifetime, nor for years, by the way. Their the burrito was like a newfangled thing they did at some point, and the burrito, by the way, is wonderfully delicious for those who have not uh, partaken. As you, as you learned for the first time this past weekend, right? This is true. And I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's a tiny little thing. I mean, burritos in California, I mean, they're huge. And 
filling, but yes. I, not, I would need probably about seven of McDonald's bur- breakfast burritos to fill me up, but they are delicious. Yeah. Each one of them is like a mess of calories, as you might imagine, though. That's the thing. That's what makes them so delicious. Their, their unbelievable chemistry of additives and preservatives <laughs> are tremendous. But anyway, we, we stray. We stray. We stray. Okay, sorry, I interrupted you a couple of times. No, 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 you didn't. Luann, I don't think she's in on it, right? She believes, I think this is is the elephant in the room, as as the kids like to say. I don't know if the kids say it, but you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) Where where like she doesn't, the whole thread through the whole show is she's not in on this. She thinks she is wildly talented, right? So the whole jingle bells, jingle bells, oh yeah, right? Like she thinks she's awesome. She thinks not every human being on earth can do that when in fact they can. Yeah, close enough. Okay, but my question is, what does that say about us? Or does that say more about us or the people who are actually buying tickets? They're flying off the shelves to go see her. And is this a commentary on Bravo Liberties and the... um, you know, the heights that they can ascend to, to stardom or whatever. Well, that's not why we're going. being able to sing. She can't, she can't sing to Gil. That's not why we're going, right? We're going because we find it hilarious. Right. right? That is an outcome of her Bravo liberty status. Yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. That's not the outcome she thinks she's getting. Right. So we'd have to like how what's the percentage of people who attend her cabaret show? And by the way, placeholder on cabaret, if I might for a second. Um, But she like what, 50 percent? Let's just say it's 50 percent. 50 percent of the people are there to laugh at her. I really believe that. And and she does not. That's not in her calculus. She thinks she is a huge celebrity with this. And by the way, a side note, when uh, she was doing that. They picked up on that, uh, you know, be cool, don't be all uncool. Like she worked that into the act. Yeah. Catch that? <laughs> I thought that was amusing. Um, but yeah, she's because later when they're in uh, when they're at 30 Rock and they're lighting the tree, uh, one of the things that she says is getting back to the placeholder is, oh, cabaret is, is life. I believe she said, oh, it's my cabaret. Like, dude, Luann, I call her dude, by the way. When when did you decide, like, when did it get in your head? And this is, I think, what the girls were really getting at towards the end of the show, but they didn't really articulate it this way. When did you decide that Cabaret was big again? Because it's not big in anybody's head but your own. Yeah, I agree with you. I it's This is all true. But I think the real outcome, and I think that you w- might agree, is hundreds of thousands of dollars in her bank account. Yeah. Well, no, you're right. You're right about that. But that has a shelf life, doesn't it? So you're right. I mean, I she's know. making the money in the meantime. Is, I think that this is what my point is. In, or it's, I, I want to investigate this. Like, this really fascinates me, is that we all know the level of fame that we that these reality stars can get. And the, new, the, sorry, the Real Housewives franchises, they're kind of on a different level. Some of the other reality programming, like our obsession 90 day fiance, even those characters, even, you know, members of that, those casts, they garner so much social influence and they can sort of parlay that into, you know, extended um, incomes and careers and, and whatnot. But 
And that that's great if that okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish the thought. No, no, go ahead. I, no, because I'm saying that that's dialogue. That's great. And I think there's a lot of people in this world that don't care if their careers are fleeting, don't care if they're the butt of a joke in the end, don't care if it leads, you know, whatever whatever the negative outcome is. In the end, they're making all that money in the interim, and that's good enough for them. In other words, the who cares what the result is? It's making me rich, or it's making me more money than I could make otherwise, not even close to the amount. So I think there's a there's a big chunk of society that would take that deal. Um, and, and by the way, not 100% of them end up with a negative outcome, right? There's some that obviously parlayed into other things, and it ends up being a great career. But most of them, that's what we're talking about. And, and for some people, that's great. For you, for instance, DeBay, right? Would you take that deal, though? Let's say I said to you, all right, here's the deal. From this point forward, you're going to have reality show success. You're even going to parlay it into a lot of money through whatever bullshit you do on the side, right? Whether it's cabaret, maybe not, but maybe you have a fragrance, maybe you have a clothing line, whatever. But in the end, people kind of snicker about you. And you, and you, here's the, here's the deal, you will figure that out. You don't get to be in oblivion about it forever because then obviously ignorance is bliss. You'll find that out. And so it will make you feel bad about yourself. Is it still worth making all that money in the meantime? I don't like your scenario. <laughs> I worked very hard on that. <laughs> I was really trying very hard for that. I really enjoy the sociological deep because I'm not sure. I, I know I get what you're saying about, you know, they are they present themselves and they put themselves out there for fodder. They know that comes with the territory, but really in their world, they're not really being approached by people who are, um, who dislike them. Right. So like, for example, I talk a lot of shit. I have talked a lot of shit about Dorit, for example, from Beverly Hills. Big shit talker you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised by it. Like you in real life, you're not much of a shit talker, but like, you know, the, only the... about, only about Doreen, but I got to keep it real, you know, like she's just the most inauthentic. But anyway, I've said some shit about her, just like she just annoys me. Um, but if I ran into her, to her face, I, of course, I wouldn't be rude to her. I might say, I'm like, hey, I really enjoy you on the show. I like watching you. I think you're really interesting. I think I might be a little bit more political. The only times that they're going to get it, but everyone gets it. And as you know, as you are a big star in your world, to kill, <laughs> yeah, the okay. people will only get nasty behind the computer and the and the on the comments. courage of anonymity. Right. So I think that I would accept your scenario and I wouldn't care because here's the the mm. cherry on top of this whole platform that these Bravo celebrities have. Um, and we're talking about they're all women, right? Except for like Southern Charm and there's male characters too. Uh, but predominantly with the, well, anyway, the Real Housewives franchises they're all women and we have been watching them for several years and basically we're growing older with them and I just love that you know they're not like it's not like old Hollywood where once you hit 40 you're done right like we're watching Ramona and you know even though she snubbed us in New York I still love her wait wait, wait, wait. Jose, what's the snubbed us stuff she snubbed you let's be <laughs> let's be accurate about this. it's true you know what you're right because how do you put yourself in front uh. of her he would have raped you. What's the opposite of snub? Rape? Exactly. <laughs> Statutory rape. <laughs> um, Wait, 
That's not funny. No, it's not. The rape is never funny to joke about, but we, you know, somehow we were trying to make it funny. And so no, we she would find you delicious. That's disgusting, but okay. <laughs> so, no, that's no, a great, not, it's a that's, great that's point what, you that, make. that proves my point, right? Which it's a is... great point you make, and I'm, and I'm not trying to, to blanket everybody. I shouldn't do that. But in the case of Luann, if we right. may specify once again. Sure. Um, come on. Like, I get what, you know, and this is what Bethany and all them were saying at the end. Sonia, something's up with Sonia. Let's be real. All right. I don't know. But, talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But the content, right? What she was trying to say in her altered state, I kind of am down with. Like, I agree. And, you know, that scene, with, that scene with Bethany and Luann at the end where, where, Luann, where Bethany's like, what made you thought we would want to go to five gaberations in one month? <laughs> And, and Luann is like, oh, you don't have to do that. And, and Bethany's like, you, you, you don't get it. It's even more telling. I don't know if you stayed till the scenes from next week. Did you see that? Yes. Yes, sir. How about that Ramona exchange with Luann? Did you catch that? Oh, yeah. She's like, I just think that they're so jealous about my success. Ramona's like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not it. I don't think so. And you know what? <laughs> that, more than the Bethany exchange, that little exchange right there, says everything about Luann because Ramona is right yeah no uh actually that's not what's going on here at all this is what I like to do with um my friends and people in my life and I consider these women my friends because listen they've been in my living room for like 11 10 10 years so we all know that Luann is tone deaf Right. So she says stuff like like she's giving her interview and she's like, oh, my God, I love Christmas and I love cabaret. What's better than cabaret Christmas? How fabulous is that? Right. And like, I'm sure most of us are sitting there watching and going, yeah, not that fabulous, you know, but if we can understand her and accept her for being tone deaf, I think that what you will find underneath that surface layer is I do believe Luann is a good person i think that she, she yeah no yeah. i don't think she's a bad person yeah. i don't think she's a bad person no i i mean uh, please don't, don't misunderstand i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with her she's like so many people though right it's a it's the human condition right so many people who find a their first modicum of fame or what they perceive to be you and i in fact know somebody right who recently <gasps> got his first modicum i was of thinking fame. about him too yeah yes we don't want to name any names, but clearly the things he says when we're with him, sometimes we're like, we will even look at each other and be like, oh my God. Yeah, like, settle down. Settle down, buddy. You've, you know, you've, you seriously. And now Luann's even got more fame than that, but it's the same sort of principle, I think, uh, that is at play. Um, so you're right. Not a bad person, but when you said tone deaf, Immediately in my head, I'm like, both figuratively and literally, by the way, with the singing. <laughs> and the other thing, and I've said this on different podcasts before, at least be funny if you're those things, and I'll sort of let you slide. But she is so, like, what was her line? This She's like, oh, with the uh, the Giovanni, she's like, Jaws of Bonnie. Ho, 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 ho. And I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, there's clever Luann again. Jaws of Bonnie. <laughs> I think I think that she has enough money now where she maybe she pays someone to feed her these lines for her interviews she because she's a team. Yeah. 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 But she does that thing where I have accused you of doing 
for, the, for those of you who don't know, DeGill has this sort of bigger life outside of this podcast that has, you know, way more notoriety. And I, I have joked with him and said, you know, sometimes you'll, you know, make your statement on air and then you'll follow it up with like one of those, ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is, a, by the way, which is a horrific imitation of me. At no point in my life on or off air have I ever gone, ha what is that? It's just reminded me, it reminded me of Luann. She does that where she says something. It's so non-funny and non-clever. And then she'll go. Ha, 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 yeah, she actually does. Do that, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Jaws of Vani. Like, I couldn't stop laughing at that because I'm like, she thinks that's so clever. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, 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 the dress shop actually is called Giovanni. Yeah, no, I know that. But so no, I thought, I thought you said that. Giovanni. Oh, uh, well, whatever it I was. I think you Italian-sized it. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, I did Italian. I t- Italian-sized it. Um, but jo- but you know what? Giovanni lives in this episode. They are still going at it, Dorinda and Luann. Because I think Dorinda just is clinging to the, you know, the, the grudge that she has with Luann, all stemming from fucking Giovanni. There is so... this. I'm telling you, this episode had so much great shit in it oh so good like you have yeah, no idea how co- happy i was to watch it and co- then i'm just like on a high still and i could watch it three more times well there was there was stuff also that there was so much obvious stuff right the luann and, and more even obvious obviously even more than that was uh you know sonia's condition let's call it but there was stuff that because those were so prominent that you might forget like you know Ramona in silence, completely just just bogarting or just basically shunning Barbara without having to use words to shun her uh, when they were going out. Poor How Barbara. mean girl was that? Totally mean girl. Uh, well, you know, there's just so many little nuanced things. Bethany, who had the uh, the luxury of showing up late, and I use luxury because then she got to say to Luann, yeah, I'm not going to be in that room talking, you know, schmack behind your back. Oh, right. Like you've never done that before, Bethany. You're so above the fray. You never talk behind people's backs, right? Like she said that also, which is such utter nonsense. Uh, it's just one thing after another. There were all these little nuanced things. And, uh, and it all leads to Sonia in the end. Her behavior was for 45 minutes, however long that show is, minus the commercials. So it's 60 minutes minus the commercials. Sonia kept up that behavior for the entire fucking episode. That was unbelievable. That was like Babe Ruth level batshit. Okay. I agree. I, I just want to draw the point where in her interview, Tinsley says, yeah, she was acting crazy, but I really don't think that that's anything beyond just alcohol. And I don't know. I feel. First of all, first of all, I interrupt you. It's alcohol. O- alcohol. Why does she, why does Luanne say it that way? Luanne has a funny kind of Canadianized accent. And I think that she, she really is fluent in, I guess, Italian, maybe another mm. language. No, you, French, say that, you say that as a Canadian. Yes. Maybe oh. that, that is why. Cause you often make fun of my accent. Well, it's a very lovely Canadian accent. Oh, thank you, um, sir. I'm sorry. I uh, interrupted you. Please go. Well, I think that what I was just trying to say was uh, there was like hyper focus this episode on Sonia's erratic behavior. And clearly she was drinking. And now they're trying to sort of decipher if she is also taking pills. I've known a, 
girl, like very, very close to me, who when she mixed pills and alcohol, like pills meaning like maybe like uh, Xanax kind of, I mean, I'm not into like, I'm not a pharmacist. I, I really don't know. But it was that kind of, you know, Adderall, Xanax, something like that. With alcohol, there is um, a more sedative-ish kind of reaction, even though like it's highly dramatized. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? But when I watched Sonia, uh, it just looked to me like she was just getting more and more drunk as the day wore on. It was the opposite of a sedative, right? It was like she was she was nuts. Yeah, yeah. So what? So off the top, you mentioned, but but hilarious at the same time. I mean, I I love it. Like I, you know, selfishly don't want her to stop drinking ever. (laughs) I am a big fan of her. In fact, if they want me to come on set and just completely ply her with drugs and alcohol the entire time, just entertainment value, I'd be willing to do that. That's not very nice. It's also a joke. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for keeping me in check. Thank you. Um, But you were mentioning about, you know, you do side with Sonia, you know, even though she was super drunk and she was saying a bunch of (laughs) shit, you know, like she went (laughs) off. She was saying, Uh, wrote it down. She, she said to Luann, like she's yelling at her at the dinner table and she's like, you're a fucking diva. Shut the fuck up. Get off your high horse. Don't you tell, dare tell me not to talk to you like that. Leave. Like she went nuts but here's the thing Uh, i think that sonia really has been a she's been trying to be loyal and a good friend to luann and you know those times when she would like give her the heads up you know and just like oh i just want you to know that this is what the girls are saying she just wanted them her to be on a a more even playing field with them she knew that they were going to come in and just shit all over luann um but this to me is like classic emotional storytelling like I think that we all do it and we all have these stories that we tell ourselves about our friends and our family and you know they're more so based on our feelings than they are facts so Lou is on the defensive now because they've all been poking at her and making fun of her cabaret life that I think that you know Sonia really did have her back and maybe her delivery you know didn't convey but the ultimate example of bad delivery yeah yeah, but I believe that Sonia's intentions were good. And then she just can't take it anymore, you know, fueled by alcohol. And she's just like, listen, I fucking had your back. I'm the, I really was loyal to you. And I don't want you, you know, picking at me when I'm the one that was like, the only one that was like giving you insider information so that you could defend yourself against everyone. <laughs> First of all, I don't know what's funnier. Uh, that whole scene with Sonia or the fact that you sat down and transcribed it. Like, I can totally see you writing, like, feverishly. <laughs> Fuck you, you fucking bitch. First of all, I typed it. Oh, okay. I'm a I'm really sorry. fast typer. Yeah, I thought you were right. I prefer <laughs> so, thinking about when, But, you know, we never, I, we see Sonia as, like, she's, she's light and she's fun and she can be very class clown-like, but I don't recall ever seeing her lose, like, really getting angry. Yeah, I mean, so there's two things. There's the first part of this and there's the last part, right? So the first part was she comes unannounced to the cabaret rehearsal and does not shut the fuck up, right? right? 
So I can understand why Luann is really annoyed by that. Even the guys that were there, part of her uh, her musical crew there, they were like, Jesus, this girl, send her out of here. Uh, and then she did take it as license to tell Dorinda, hey, you're in the act, right? So that was that was on Sonia for real. She probably shouldn't have done that. Do you really think so? I don't know. Maybe she should have, right? I mean, because Dorinda is right in the sense that she has every right to keep her name out of the act. So maybe she? Not. Yeah, I think she does. Like, I don't think I you can. So I don't. You can't. I can't do an act and then say debay right all around the country and and think I'm making a joke about you. Right? I can't use you against your consent. I I guess I I'm not sure what happens legally around stuff like that, but I agree with Lou when she says Dorinda should get a sense of humor. Dorinda should probably get a sense of humor, but I also think it's within her rights. And I'm no lawyer, but I think it's within her rights to keep her name out of it. So that was, you know, Sonia comes on, Sonia comes unannounced. She won't shut up. Then she takes some information from it and gives it to, to uh, Dorinda. Then Dorinda tells Sonia that uh, Luann's been calling her manic when in fact, did she or Bethany say it first? I'm not sure. So there was that whole first side where we first saw Luann's ego about it again, where she's like, it's my cabaret show. I can do whatever I want. Cabaret is life. So there was that section. But the end, right, where it was angry Sonya at the table, most of that after it, it, it sort of didn't meld. It started as I've had your back, Luann, but then it quickly shifted to all you bitches are in my backyard, right? So that, to me, and I think one of them alluded to it, Dorinda probably did, it's almost like Sonia has been suppressing that for a while, and it finally spilled out of her. Uh, I couldn't agree more. So now, as, as a, as a uh, I'm kidding, I wasn't going to say it, but as a woman uh, who... Wait, what were you going to say? I don't know. I have no idea. No! I was going no! to make a segue from that. So when she's saying you bitches are in my backyard, as a woman... When you, well, I mean, take what she's talking about. So she has dated, and, and I don't have the timeline. You'll be able to clarify the timeline for me. But basically, Bethany, to her credit, was giving Sonya the credit of at least she was with these dudes before the rest of every, you know, before the rest of the group. Was. I think she called her the curator of cock. The curator of cock. Bethany's another one who, uh, you know, a little, little less funny than she thinks she is. But that was an amusing line, I suppose. Um but it was we're talking about Tom and then we're talking about old Harry Dubin. Harry, Harry Dubin. Doobie, as I like to call him. Harry Dubin getting a lot of playtime on, <laughs> on this show. Over the years. But essentially, what is your rule? Like, so with you, let's say that was you and your girlfriends, right? And let's say you dated a guy a minute ago. Okay, if you dated a guy a minute ago, I get it. You don't want anybody else dating or doing whatever with them. But let's say, because isn't one of them like 30 years ago? Yeah, that's Sonia and Harry Dubin, I guess, when they first got together and maybe have been connected, you know, intermittently yes. throughout the years. I don't know. I, I don't, you know, I think it was Dorinda who said, you know, brought up this concept of girl code, right? Um, like, there, there's, I think it's a gray area. There's, you know, black and white girl code, which is like, don't steal my man. You know, I'm with him. You know, don't do anything behind my back. Sure, that's girl, girl code. Um I just broke up with my boyfriend. You can't be talking to him like that's girl code. Okay. 
but maybe there what's the statute of limitations on girl code i guess is what i'm you asking know, i just feel like there is there has to be and i know personally and i'm sure everyone else does too where you know uh somebody a friend friends broke up and then another friend in the group started dating the guy or whatever it is or and or ended up getting married and everyone just ends up staying cool with each other i just think it really depends on maybe the personalities but here's where i'm going to dive in deep a little bit more again i think where what, what you said about this must have been something that was brewing inside of sonia for a while and yeah. i agree with that because i mean the mere fact that Ramona made out with Harry Dubin, which that's really gross. Like he's kind of a gross guy. Right. And there's no real point. (laughs) This tells me that uh, Ramona has reached a point in her life where it's like desperation, right? She's just feeling the pressure. And I think that she reeks, she reeks of desperation. Right. So I think that where these women are in their life. So I'm just saying like, let's look at life circumstance. We have to factor that in. Right. And so they're like, their, their clock isn't ticking, but their time on earth is ticking, you know? And I think that they being single for as long, however long they've been single, I think that they're just really kind of hypersensitive now. And Sonia's like, just fucking back off of my guys like stop like it I just don't think it feels good to her um and I think a lot of these issues just like everyone else's issues is about communication right so for example if Dorinda wasn't such a bulldog she and as she went to Luann like one-on-one to the side quiet moment over coffee and said hey Lou I love you and I support you and I'm so happy for your cabaret success. I just want to ask you like friend to friend, can you just not put me in your show? I will still support you and whatever. Like, I think that Luann would have been more receptive to that. Well, that applies that, that theory of taking them to the side, excuse me, I have to sneeze. Pardon me. Here we go. (laughs) Mid show sneeze. Sorry. everybody. (laughs) Cracks me up. Bless you. Four? Oh no. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god. I'm a minimum four guy, people should know. <laughs> Five is about par for the course. It's so six, funny. Six is a birdie. Seven's an eagle. Oh my um, gosh. But the, I'm sorry, the fact that you what was I gonna say? I forgot. Your... I lost all my thoughts now. Oh, I think what you just said, bringing, you know taking one of the girls to the side and telling them something in a more polite way that applies to 100% of the things on the show, right? We wouldn't have a show if, if, if they did that. True that. True that, true that, true, true that, 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 that. Um, what was I going to say? Good Lord. The sneezes just took my thoughts away. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, okay. That's Harry Dubin, right? And so you're making a commentary because it's Harry Dubin and apparently Harry Dubin gets around. Like it's Tupac and Harry Dubin, for God's sakes. Like they are the same. Those huh? two people. Uh, Tupac had a song called I Get Around. Never mind. Um, so um <laughs> always trying to work in the songs. Always. So, but let's say it was, you know, let's say it was a Brad Pitt type, right? Let's say it was just some guy who every girl in the room would want to be with. I'm just asking for what's the girl code? Because let's say, I mean, okay, so you had boyfriends, let's say in high school. You don't care if one of your friends ended up, you know, going out with that boyfriend in high school when they're 35 years old. Like, you wouldn't care, right? No. Okay. So there's a happy medium between that guy and the guy you just dated going out with one of your girlfriends, right? So there is a – and it varies from girl to girl, I guess is what you're saying. 
Uh, and from person to person. I guess it's statute of limit. I guess it's like during, uh, you know, the time that has passed between yeah. uh, you dating them and then your girlfriend jumping jumping in on there because if so much time has passed and we're talking years here and you might have gotten back together, you would have by now and clearly you haven't. So he's he's fair game. All right. But All right. but I think that it was a little bit of a snub against Ramona because really, like, what are you doing? What what <laughs> why are you sticking your tongue down Harry Dubin's? Oh, stop it. There <laughs> you go. Why you always you always get gross with Ramona. You do that. What well, I you, get gross. You love being graphic with moans. But I because I think that you enjoy it. <laughs> I find it horrific. Well, can I can I can I curveball? Can I throw a curveball at you for a second? Yeah. Here? Um, and this is, I, I don't mean to be mean here, but in every cast, I guess it's inevitable that someone doesn't get as much play as the others. Maybe it's just the law of, you know, there's only a certain amount of time and there's only a certain amount of worthwhile footage that the producers end up coming up with. But uh, you girl Tinsley. Ooh, I thought you were going to bring up Babs because she was hard. She hardly had any lines. Well, she didn't, but at least, you know, she had a moment there again where Ramona just mean-girled her out of a night out, and Barbara was like, oh, fuck it, I don't give a shit if you ask me now. Go to hell. But I want to talk about that, too, after you ask me, because I have a, you know, I have a theory. Tinsley adds or subtracts nothing. She's just there, right? Tinsley, they really tried hard with that circus thing to, like, make a storyline for Tinsley, but I think we're all in agreement. Back me up here today. That that was probably the waste, the most two wasted episodes. As great as this episode was, those were two of the most wasted episodes in the history of the franchise. There was just nothing to them. It was like, I don't, this is not interesting. Mm-hmm. Your up is backed. I got your back. Thank you. What did yeah. you say? My up is back? You said back me up. So I'm like, so clever. You and Luann should do a t- two, two lady show. Christmas cabaret. <laughs> um, uh, about Barbara, you want to say something about Barbara? Well, it, I I think that I can li- you know link Tinsley, what you just said about Tinsley with Barbara, which is that Tinsley, she did have a good storyline when she came on to work with, right? She's you know um, disgraced socialite coming back to the scene, trying to get her life together back in New York, the mugshot, the whole thing. It was a really really great foundation for her. She hasn't really taken taken off with it because she's just kind of plain but um you know we've tolerated her for how how many seasons now is this her third second or third and so barbara this being her first and i know that i don't think she's full no she's not a full fledged cast member yet she's friend of but i'm just not sure she's going to be given the same uh chance really or the same like in if you're making all things equal the same kind of chance as tinsley got because and why would that be debay i know where this is going you know why it's one of debay's tenets like if debay had 10 commandments right if you were if you were uh, moses on the hill i think it was probably more than a hill if i'm i'm not good at biblical stuff but if you brought down the 10 commandments uh <laughs> And let's say, that's a bad analogy, but let's say you had Ten Commandments. Number one is what you're about to say from DeBay. Oh, I'm going to say it? Um, it's your it's your commandment. Yeah, I just don't know how to word it. I'll try for you and you can tell me if it's accurate. Okay. 
because we I've said this on the show before, and you were the first person in the world who made me truly aware of this. Now, when I say this, people are going to be like, how did you not know that? I legit didn't know that. He doesn't know stuff. I don't know stuff. <laughs> I, I know a lot of high-end stuff and a lot of low-end stuff, and there's like a big midsection of life that I'm just completely <laughs> oblivious to. It's exhausting. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but what, but what, you're, what you're getting at with Barbara and Tinsley is that Tinsley, it was afforded as many chances as possible in a way that Barbara won't be because Tinsley is considered to be far more attractive than Barbara. And in life, when someone, you believe it's a hard wiring, I don't disagree, that we tend to treat people that we find more attractive completely differently and better than we do people <laughs> who we don't find attractive. Isn't that your commandment? That is precisely my commandment. And I should be your spokesperson. You should, you should hire me as your administrative assistant, and I will just write all your memos for you, and you will just then hand them to people. Hired. Thank you. Where do I get paid? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, never mind. I'm out. Um, <laughs> it's for the experience. Oh. Uh, Oh, great. I can move from there to another job in that same realm. Oh, yeah. I like it. You I can work for Luann after. Oh, awesome. But that's, that's, so I didn't, listen, when I say this, I didn't know this about life before meeting you. How, how it manifested is that you impressed upon me as a fashion stylist that you are. And by the way, we have to get some fashion comments from you. Um, that I will be treated differently if I gave two shits about what I wore. And have you been? I have been indeed treated differently. I know for a fact I have been. I know it. And this is, again, something that dudes, generally speaking, do not care about. And so for that, I salute you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just to put it bluntly, Tinsley, she cute, right? Um, whether or not you like her look or whatever. I mean, she's she's very symmetrical. She's like this cute little blonde. You know, she's, you know comes off polished and whatever. Barbara um, is, she's unconventional. And I'm sure that she might have said that herself. No, that no, was an awesome word. Objectively, like, you know, according to objective, like Western beauty standards or whatever, right? So unconventional. <laughs> that's what you are. Oh, dear. Wasn't that the song? Unforgettable. I know. I'm kidding. Okay. So yeah. yeah, it's true. And I'm sure that uh, our listeners may, they, you, you, everyone must have their own personal experience with this, right? Like one day you're like sick as a dog and you like haven't washed your hair in days and you just have to crawl out of bed and go get some NyQuil at Walgreens or whatever. And people just like, you're like invisible, right? Or they're just like not friendly to you. Like, and then the next Another time, you know, you're dressed to the nines, you're feeling really good, your energy is up and you, you know, go shopping or whatever you're doing. And like you, people are really engaging with you and they're drawn to that. That's human nature, right? And there, there is a connection between, you know, how we look and how we feel. So if we look like shit, we're not going to really feel so awesome. But if we look great, we're going to feel a little bit better. So there's connection between like wardrobe to, you know, put it down to basics and energy that you give out and that you draw back into yourself. But anyway, I, we, we did this in an episode prior, like maybe a few ago where we were trying to implore everyone to get 
Barbara Kay a makeover to like let me give her a makeover and you wouldn't let me tell everyone what I would do but I'm just I wouldn't let you tell them you just thought we should keep it a secret oh you know what this is well you know why because you're gonna say it out loud and then there's some other podcast that has you know a higher platform is gonna act like it's their idea because they steal all your fashion stuff back oh no that does happen so you're right but like here's a perfect example if you guys want to go to our instagram which is real housewives podcast you'll see a photo of lisa rinna okay so this is one of gill's favorite characters on beverly hills and she has you know that iconic short haircut but she is not a character she is a human being (laughs) you know they're acting right what but see that I contend that the women on New York do not. I I contend that their friendships are as authentically as they present them, and that the, the, none of it is produced. This is not produced bullshit where they're like, "Let's bitch about Luann's cabaret. Let's you know come down on Sonia about and let she's going to play up her drink." Like I don't think that that's happening in the background at all. Well, I, I do think that the producers. So you're right, right? But I do think that the producers of these shows are some conniving human beings. And I do think that they encourage conflict. So I think that they go behind the scenes and they're like, do you know what she said about you? Like, I do think they do that. Yeah, they, they probably do. And we don't know, of course, what does go down behind right. the scenes. But I would contend that on New York, it happens less or they they don't have to do that just they don't have to manufacture it i get no yeah because i just new york that is why new york is the greatest franchise ever of all the real housewives cities i just i'm so obsessed with them they they just i don't know they've got the secret sauce and so yeah finish your thought if you guys want to go to our instagram which is real housewives podcast you'll see uh our latest post of lisa rena and she's wearing a wig and it's sort of like a short blunt and it's lighter it's a, like a little bit blondish she looks okay not only i mean she, I, she has a beautiful face right she's she's objectively an attractive woman these huge eyes she's got the filler in the cheekbones and she's like the symmetry is all there and little known fact has never altered her lips ever no not natural 100 percent natural and uh, is that true? I was joking. Is that true? No. Oh, I was gonna say, for God's sake, you had me believing it for a second. <laughs> no. I was trying to make a joke, and I'm like, wait, 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 what? Too. Yeah, okay. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, you'll just you'll see for yourselves the fact that she has she's wearing a wig, but it looks like her hair, of course, and it's you know a lighter color, and it's current. The cut is current, right? So sort of this longer, um, sort of uh, blunt um, cut. She looks. 10 if not 15 years younger and that is what I specialize in right so I always say to you I'm like I can make people look from 10 to 15 pounds lighter and 10 to 15 years younger just with clothes hair and makeup and um that is that is a that is a bold statement but I can vouch that you can do that by the way the uh the pounds thing is one thing but the years thing what's at play there is 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 another thing that you've taught me. And again, if I've mentioned this on the show before, please forgive me. I forget. I'm getting older. I tend to say things a hundred times before you're like, oh, I think I've heard this story before. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that you say all the time is people 
there's in everyone's life, there is a time in our lives, whether it's college, high school, whatever it is, where we felt the best about ourselves. We thought we were the coolest or looked the best, whatever it was. And so we tend fashion wise to get stuck in that era for the rest of our days. And that's what ages us sometimes. You're 100% right. That's exactly what happens. Well, that's all I had. <laughs> that's all I had. I, I, uh, I shot my load, as the boys like to say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, let, can, I got, I'm dying to give Babs a makeover. Like, I'll do it for free. I just want to see her shine her light because I think that I like her. I think that if she had, like, this. I do, too. Yeah. yeah I like she, her. She's, I think she's a cool chick, you know, and I just want to bring her up to date. And I know that I can. And I just, and, and listen, if she doesn't make it past the friend zone after this season, it's going to be because of that. She's shooting herself in the foot. She's not making herself look relevant. And so the women around maybe, her are maybe, not... Maybe shouldn't wear the wraps all the time. What, what do you mean? I don't know. Maybe just change it up a little. <laughs> so mean. Ramona um... is so mean. <laughs> so mean. She... Well, so how do we make this happen? Do we get people who follow us on Instagram to sort of like uh, hashtag this to death? Or do we just call Bravo and get Andy Cohen on the horn? Yeah, if you could do that as my administrative assistant, that'd be great. Hello, uh, Andy. It's uh, DeGill. You don't know me, but uh, <laughs> I have a business proposition I'd like to proposition to you. Proposition to you. Yeah. Okay. However, we can make that happen. You guys give us your suggestions. If, if somehow we can crack this code, if someone has a direct line to Babs or her people, DeBay is willing to offer her services pro bono. Well, we've missed we've missed two opportunities. That's the other thing. And this is where this is where I say to you, DeBay, you kind of pushed out on the Ramona thing, right? Because you got really scared there. And you, you didn't. That's unfair. Let me let me say that again. You did. You, you did get you, you did sort of choke there for a second. But I, <laughs> I could have I could have just completely gotten in front of her and made it happen and uh, try to get you to be her fashion stylist. That's what I've been saying. You guys, if you guys have listened to the past episodes that you know, because I know, and I'm telling you, all DeGill has to do, because DeGill has the look that Ramona likes. Well, what does that mean? That I'm like 65 and balding? What does that mean? No, 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 no. Are you kidding? No, listen. Oh, you have just the look that Ramona goes for. No. We're talking Upper East Side, one foot on the oh, banana no, peel, no, the other in the Not like crib. that. No, she likes a man, you know, she likes tall, handsome, good body. Like she likes a man, regardless of age. I'm just saying, like, did you see the preview for the next, you saw it, right? For the next episode where, where, um, shit, I'm blanking on his name. Ramona's ex-husband. Um, my God. Uh, Mario. Mario makes, uh, you know, he's, he's, where's the guy? Where's the guy? Are you the guy? Who's the guy? Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. But my point is, is that Mario has that look where I think that women, I mean, in that age group, they look at Mario and they think to themselves, huh, handsome guy. Well, he's got a full head of hair. That's all it takes at that age. He's tall and thin. How many times do I have to say this, people? 
Why? Because remember last episode, you were saying like how much you like Maurizio, and I'm like, you like him because he's tall and thin. And I'm not saying no, he's not a Mar- bad person. No, Maurizio is is suave and debonair. Maurizio, like Mario, is I, I don't look at him as a dude, and I'm like, eh, whatever. But like Maurizio, is that his name, Maurizio? Yeah. That dude is is great looking. Like, and he puts it all together. So that's I, I hear what you're saying, but they're not the same category to me. No, no, way, no, it, no it, but just only pointing out that, you know, Mario has that kind of look that you can't deny. Like, he doesn't look like Harry Dubin. He doesn't look no. like Dorinda's John. He Correct. Doesn't, you know, like, he is a tall, good-looking, handsome guy, older fellow with all his hair. And Older fellow, that's correct. <laughs> An <laughs> older would, fellow. If you would just, you know, be a team player, um, oh. I think we could have closed that deal. Well, the other time we blew it, is and I think we've mentioned this before. Tinsley is no longer with her dude, right? Yeah, her and Scott have broken up. Yeah, I live in the same building as her. Her dude has a place in my building. He doesn't live here, but I, you know, and we've seen Tinsley before. We've actually laid eyes on Tinsley. You choked again to Bay, and I actually took an elevator with Tinsley and Scott. Scott's his name. Yes. Okay, well, listen, let's talk about Tinsley style because, I mean, we we don't mention her at all and. While she is cute and she's got like the petite, she's really tiny in real life. She's, she's a, she's not short, but she's, she's petite and she, her style is very, you know, um, preppy, cutesy, very Alice and Olivia. But here's my, I want to implore her to change up her style. Remind me if I've said this before, but it's so important, especially when you have a higher profile and you're out there and you're seen, you cannot, you will be passed over so quickly by the next cool it person if you do not change your style and sort of keep up and keep yourself refreshed and I just want her to change up her style go a little edgy do something different you know like uh, yeah no you're right yeah all right well I think we've we've pled enough for for this case now it's for us to manifest for for us to make it happen Okay, so just to in summation, right, we Mm -hmm. don't know yet if Sonia is on pills as well as alcohol. I don't think that's the relevant question. I really think like clearly you don't know when to stop with the alcohol. You you go too far. But this really is a big you. What are you talking to me? No, Sonia. Oh, I'm talking about Sonja. Okay. And you see that this is it's really a part of her personality, right? Do you remember when she, before they land in Miami and they get in the cars and Sonia, she, she's like holding up the car. She can't get in. Why can't she get in the car? Yeah. Because she had a fart still stuck in her pants. <laughs> Have you ever heard that expression before? I've never heard that. Particular never. Expression. She's like, hold on. It's still in my jeans. So she shakes it. She tries to shake it out. Oh my gosh, she's such a class clown. Like, but that is a part of her personality where she's just sort of she's over the top. And that's why she was such a natural at the circus. <laughs> wait. Oh, that's right. She's Remember? wait, who's who was a natural at the circus? It was Tinsley's day. She was oh, that's ringmaster. Right. And, and Sonia, yeah, she accidentally she gets called up onto, you know, a, right. an act. And yeah. she did it. Yeah. Um by the way, does anybody else, do you get annoyed by the fact that they have such product placement on these shows now? So that whole Vendome real estate 
that got flashed up on screen like five different times for the house in Miami. Like that was a complete like, you know, okay, we get it. Vendome, that's who we'll call if we ever go to Miami and we want a house. Um, oh, we forgot about that whole thing too, where uh where Sanja calls the poor guy working Raj, then oh, Taj. Oh my gosh. Then he says it's Tej, like T E J, and she goes Taj and back to Raj again. <laughs> it was Oh, but how about Luann walking in and she's like, spell Taj. And Luann goes, T-O-S-H. <laughs> yeah, she, again, uh, yeah. Like, she went from Taj to Peter Tosh. Yeah. yeah Luann uh, is just, she's tone deaf. She, or I don't know, she's not been um, exposed to different cultures. Like, I just don't get it. Well, this is the same Luann that wore the Diana Ross exactly. afro. And exactly. yeah, I mean, in, in by the way, to Andy Cohen's credit, one of the more seriously embarrassing moments in the franchise's history where he had to address it on the uh, reunion show. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, because it could have been really offensive. But again, like I said about Luann, I really don't think she's a bad person. She really just is very self-unaware. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. For but sure. but that Taj scene, um, Sonia is, I mean, could you imagine being him? And you have to deal with someone who's oh yeah to hug her yeah she remember she had she held him hostage basically like bordering on unlawful she was so handsy with him I didn't even it wasn't the handsiness that but it was it was the combination of everything where I felt so bad for the dude he's in his head he's probably like this is what my life has come to oh yeah he looks suicidal and then Dorinda made that dude try her drink. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dorinda. Oh, was she was already half in the bag when she was mixing that drink. Three sheets to the wind, half in the bag, like all of these drunk expressions on this show. I do not drink, by the way, people should know who listen to the show. So for me, it's like, what is like the power of alcohol is amazing to me. People's lives revolve around that shit. Yeah, I can't. Breaking news from DeGill. What? That you don't drink? No, no, no. That I like that people's lives revolve around alcohol. I'm making fun of myself. Oh, what? Yeah. No, but I'm with you because you yeah. you know that I don't drink either. Like you act like you're the only one that doesn't drink. Hey guys, I'm the only one here who doesn't drink. <laughs> Old, uh the other one. Whoo! Just so you guys take anything away from this show, there's only one person here who doesn't one drink, non-drinker. and that is me. <laughs> There's only room for one non-drinker in this relationship. That's right. No, no, you don't drink either. Right. right. And so we often, the sort of, it, it, it dawns on us after the fact, right? Whereas most people will be like, oh, she's drunk or whatever. Yeah, there's, there's a whole world we don't get, yeah. for sure. Yeah. We're, we're like super nerdy. Wow. Um, so square. Do people still say that word, square? <laughs> Was that like 1978? I just went back to yeah, I don't know. The year was 1978. Oh, my goodness. Well. Um, I think we've done all we can do here. Fucking amazing episode. Greatest episode I ever remember. Oh, was Someone so can tell me differently, but that was pretty packed with some batshit crapitude. That was amazing. And that is why we dedicated this entire episode solely to New York. These women deserve it. New York. Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. No. To Gil. Sorry. Sorry. Again. Okay. 
Um, so I have done more singing on this show than I ever intended to do. And it all started with Michael Bolton. <laughs> Did it? Was that the first, your debut singing? Oh, let me, once I sang Michael Bolden, it was like, you know, floodgates open. I'll sing every show if you need me to. Uh, maybe uh, you can work on an intro, like a jingle. You're really good at jingles. <laughs> we are not doing a, a me singing jingle on this thing. Yes. No. The no. Crappens guys do it. And theirs is so catchy. You are not the boss of me. I am not some monkey that you can boss around and make sing. Wait, I, I must be inspired. I just hired you as my administrative oh, assistant. That's right. I forgot. All right, people. Thank you so much for listening. We just love you guys so much. And we ask you to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. And I just want to read one from our girl, Taylor. Okay. We just, we want to like tribute this to her because this entire episode to Taylor, because she took the time to write something really nice and it warmed both of our hearts. Well, you said your girl Taylor, but you don't know. No, I don't know who she is. Yes. No, Taylor and she leaves her last name, but I won't say it. Um, She writes, these are the only Bravo podcasters who nail it on key points of the show and characters you may not have noticed while watching the episode. They also have a funny and unique perspective of each episode versus other similar podcasts that basically just recap each episode sprinkled in with some jokes, but not real substance. These two are hilarious and very insightful. Thank you, Taylor. That's very sweet of you. I just thought that was like, it almost made me cry. Well, don't cry. No, like out of happiness. Like I'm just so touched. Like you know, very very thoughtful remark. When was the last time you wrote a review for a podcast, Gil? I don't believe I ever have. <gasps> and says the guy who has like you probably have hundreds of reviews on yours. I do, but I've never, I've never. I mean, yeah, but you should pay it forward. No, no, I should, but I don't. Li- I don't listen to podcasts. If I did, I would. Oh, okay, that's yeah. true. Yeah, but anyway, well, you, so- you expect me to play this back and listen to us? No. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry for God's sake. That's true. Uh, no, Taylor, that was very sweet and thoughtful, and we thank you for that. And uh, I will stop singing so that you continue to like the show. <laughs> Promise. Um. Yeah. So we. Re- I'm so touched by that. Like, I appreciate this to beyond measure. You have no idea. So I, we we love it and we appreciate it. And thank you for hanging in there with us. And you know, keep listening and check us out on instagram real housewives podcast that's where the good stuff goes we just sort of give more notifications on twitter which is i am debate and DeGill, you bitches are in my backyard